Hello, and welcome to The Culture Bar, a panel discussion podcast exploring the arts and music world. In this podcast, ahead of our foundation symposium, we wanted to explore the musical landscape of Bristol. To do this, we were joined by Samir Savant from St. George's, Bristol, and Doug Bob from Open Up Music to tell us a bit more about their organisations and their experience of music in Bristol. Welcome, everybody, to this podcast where we will be focusing on the musical landscape of Bristol with two of our revered guests. We have Samir Savant, who's the Chief Executive Officer of St. George's in Bristol, where we will be hosting the Music Education at Scale Symposium next week. And we're also joined by Doug Bott, who's the Artistic Director of Open Up Music, also based in Bristol, though with national programmes. And they will take us through their reflections and thoughts on the musical landscape of Bristol and what their organisations are currently up to. Take it away. So I, I'm Samir, as as Lissy said, I'm I'm CEO at St George's Bristol. Uh, this year we're celebrating our 200th anniversary because the the church, which is the concert hall. Uh, that is St George's is 200 years old so we've been celebrating uh, this year which has been lovely Um, and we're a music and spoken word venue uh, in the heart of the city Um, we have musicians of all genres coming Um, just last Friday we had Jess Gillam who the saxophonist who's a Harrison Parrott Foundation ambassador and uh, earlier this season we also had Leah Zhu a fantastic young violinist who is another Harrison Parrott Foundation ambassador. Um, and we, uh, we, we, you know, really exciting place to work. Um, I'm a trained singer. Um, and since I arrived in Bristol just over two years ago, I've started Bristol's Festival of Voice because I keep being told there are, mo- there are more choirs here in Bristol per head than anywhere else in the UK. And that's borne out by the kind of mass participation singing events we've done. And uh, more on that anon. Over to you, Doug. Hi. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Doug Bart. I'm the Artistic Director of uh, Open Up Music, which is a charity based in Bristol, though we work nationally. Um, we have a mission to open up music to young disabled musicians. Um, so we serve... Uh, young people who would otherwise face barriers to uh, music education and we do that through three programs. So we run the National Open Youth Orchestra, uh, which is a pioneering inclusive orchestra where young disabled and non-disabled musicians get to rehearse and perform together Uh, and that's been going since uh, 2018 and actually our first concert in Bristol we performed Uh, at St George's a couple of years ago, which was a wonderful event. Um, We also run a programme called Open Orchestras, which we believe is the biggest community of practice for accessible ensemble music making in the UK, possibly even in the world. We currently work with 60 special educational needs schools uh, around England and Wales. So that's about first access and getting young disabled people in schools, uh, making live music in ensembles. Uh, And then we've also developed uh, a wonderful, accessible, inclusive musical instrument called the Clarion, uh, which the Harrison Parrott Foundation have wonderfully uh, supported. Um, 
And this is an instrument which you can play with any part of your body. Uh, you can even play it with your eyes using uh, eye gaze technology. Um, and we are very excited that we are kind of gearing up to make that uh, publicly available next year. Um, so yeah, that's that's open up music. Um, I always think that it's the kind of organisation that could only ever really have grown out of Bristol because Bristol Bristol is a very singular, unique place which tends to do things a little bit differently. Um, I think it's no accident that you know the artist Banksy uh, really cut his teeth in Bristol. I don't think that would have happened anywhere else taking you know, street art and turning it into something completely extraordinarily different from, from what it was. Um, it's an amazing place and yeah, I don't think that open up music would have would have developed anywhere else. There's so much wonderful stuff going on here. That's amazing. So do you think there's a certain sort of inherent artistic quality to Bristol or do you think it's a place, you know, just a hotbed for innovators? Like what do you think it is about Bristol that sort of makes it such a brilliant place for musical organisations to thrive? I I think, yeah, you mentioned the word innovators. There's, there's definitely an innovative streak in Bristol. You might even go so far as to say that it's a bit rebellious. Um, I think artists and organisations in Bristol tend to go a little bit against the grain in terms of how things get set up. I mean, you know, the Parrot Orchestra is also based here. Uh, and that was a decision which they took. They decided to be based in Bristol because it has this unique, slightly rebellious spirit. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it probably goes back to something in Bristol's history. I'm not a good enough historian to know exactly what that might be. Others, others might have better solutions. But yeah, there's there's something very there's something in the water here. I, I agree. There is definitely something in the water. And ha having uh, only moved here just over two years ago, I'm very conscious of the differences between Bristol and other cities where I've lived in the UK. Um, I mean, but to the history point, alongside St George's being 200 years old, the building, uh, Bristol is 650 years old as a city. So it's been fiercely independent since the reign of Edward III, uh, who granted the city charter to us. Um, so. Bristol has been, uh, it's a city and a, a county all by itself. And it's really annoying when you have to fill in those address things and it's insisting that you give a, a county because there is, they never have the option of Bristol being a county. You either have to be in Gloucestershire or Somerset. And th th that's not the truth. Um, and in, 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 in history, you know, whether it's kind of uh, the repeal of the Corn Laws or the the abolition of slavery. Bristol's always been right in there, you know, politically active city. The citizens are all very politically active, politically engaged. Um, and also, I think it's the scale of the city because it's half a million people. Um, and compared to uh, much bigger cities like Birmingham or London, uh, things get done. I mean, people know each other. Um, I always joke for dinner, you have to be super nice to everyone you meet because you can guarantee that they'll be behind you in the queue at Sainsbury's a week later. That just doesn't happen in bigger cities. So there is a sense of connectivity and a sense of yeah. uh, civic pride in Bristol that I've not encountered in other cities where I've lived. 
That's lovely. And maybe touches on a point that we want to discuss of kind of musical or artistic communities and how that plays such a big role in kind of, I think, the success of musical organisations is when you have that sense of community and belonging and sort of that shared identity. Leaping in here, actually, I I think Bristol is the only city in the UK or one of very few uh, where uh, one of the very large music venues, so Bristol Beacon, which will reopen on the 30th of November, is also the Bristol Education, the Music Education Hub and having a, you know, a professional concert venue which is very kind of inclusive and and welcoming in the community, also running all those education services. I think that's, it's unique, if not the only one example. Doug, you might know better than me. No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, And I think the way in which Bristol Beacon as a music hub has worked since the advent of the National Plan for Music Education in 2012 is is really great, really commendable. they were hugely supportive in the development of my organisation, Open Up Music, which has now been going for about eight, nine years. They gave us a, uh, a room in their music centre as our first office, uh, gave us lots of introductions um, and a real boost as a small organisation, which, of course, is exactly what uh, music hubs are set up to do. They're set up to connect music organisations together in partnership. And of course, I know that Bristol Beacon and St George's have a very particular relationship, a very close working relationship as well. So, yeah, there's there's a great sense of um, community, shared responsibility, shared mission, I think, across the music sector in, in Bristol uh, in terms of education and, and the music industry more widely, which is one of the things that I love about living and working here. And I, I was talking about kind of the mass participation singing projects that we've been doing at St George's and the Festival of Voice. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, in my first year here, we started Festival of Voice and already in that first year, we did a flash mob Hallelujah Chorus um, for the Platinum Jubilee, which involves several hundred singers. And then earlier this year, we did a Sing for the King project with 650 singers as part of Bristol 650, uh, blasting out Zadok the Priest with City of Bristol Brass Band in Bristol Cathedral. Um, which is just amazing and next year we're launching a Sing for Happiness project which will involve hopefully up to a thousand singers both in person and and online and alongside getting together to sing we're running a kind of a study into the impact of singing on mental health together with our colleague Kat Branch who runs the Centre for Music at UWE and is one of the key speakers at the symposium on the 29th of November and is also a St George's trustee so you know so much interconnection going on um and i have you know people say to me that there are more choirs per head uh, of population in bristol i don't know whether it's true and i don't know why it should be but we do now have 150 plus choirs in bristol bath and beyond on our database for festival voice at st george's and the choir leaders get together regularly every month here at st george's so there is definitely a massive singing community out there i think it's something to do with bristol being a very cosmopolitan city being a trading city and inviting a lot of people in over many many centuries and also the kind of singing tradition, the combination of the kind of Somerset, Gloucestershire folk singing traditions, sea shanties, throw that in as well. So I think it's just created this this great fertile ground for song. That is amazing. 150 choirs. Utterly extraordinary. 
So what do we have to look forward to in the coming months from both Open Up Music and St George's? So for Open Up Music, we have a concert tour uh, by the National Open Youth Orchestra coming up in uh, April and May uh, next year. Um, so we're going to be playing four concerts, uh, one in Bristol, which will be at the newly opened uh, Bristol Beacon, following on from our St George's concert a couple of years ago. Um, we'll also be playing at Birmingham Town Hall and at Milton Court in London and at the Lighthouse in Poole. Uh, and that's just a crucial part of our mission to to give a platform for talented young disabled musicians um, and also to really raise aspirations among audiences about what young disabled musicians uh, can achieve. And I think this is a this is a key part of the slightly uh, rebellious spirit that Bristol encapsulates for me is that this slightly audacious idea um, which so many people uh, were unsure about, let's say, when we when we first came up with the idea of the National Open Youth Orchestra. You know, it's a very it's a very challenging uh, and adventurous undertaking. Uh, you know, it's, that's that's why I was saying I think you know Bristol's the kind of place where this idea um, needed to take root. Uh, and accessibility in general is something, of course, that my organisation, Open Up Music, is passionate about, and Bristol in general as well. Uh, so there are so many Bristol venues that have invested huge amounts in access in recent years, uh, not least uh, St George's, uh, and also the Bristol Old Vic Theatre, and of course the Bristol Beacon, um, which has placed accessibility of for its audiences and its performers, you know, at the heart of uh, the relaunch and, and the, the opening. And then, as I said, of course, the Parrot Orchestra being based here as a pioneering orchestra, which very much like the National Open Youth Orchestra, mixes conventional acoustic and electronic instruments. So, so much of it is about reinventing and reimagining what an orchestra can be in future. Uh, and all of that has fertile ground uh, to flourish uh, here in Bristol. Really exciting to hear of all your plans, Doug. And I'm, and and both of us, I'm sure, I'm looking for. We're looking forward to the reopening of Bristol Beacon on the 30th of November, which involves the Para Orchestra and also Limbic Cinema. It's going to be a great night. Um, St George's. Well, we've got a really busy Christmas. It's no surprise, really. We we work a lot with the local leisure time orchestras and choirs. They're all piling in to do their Christmas concerts. Um, Bristol is also the UNESCO City of Film. And Ardman animations are based here. So film plays a lot, an important part in our Christmas celebrations. So we've got City of Bra Bristol Brass Band giving performances of The Snowman um, for family audiences and Bristol Ensemble, who are our local professional chamber orchestra doing um, uh, Shaun the Sheep, the Ardman animation Shaun the Sheep, which would be great. And my own choir, the Fitzharding Consort, uh, are, well, we were down to give one carols by candlelight performance and it's already sold out so now we're giving a second by popular demand um so big big christmas plans and also i just wanted to highlight three performers that are coming next year which kind of emphasizes the diversity of the kind of programming here we've got the wonderful singer Uta Lampa so excited that she's coming to St George's um we've got the Indian classical flautist Rakesh Chaurasia 
Um, I get, I'm of Indian heritage myself, so I, I've, I grew up having Indian classical music lessons alongside Western singing lessons, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, finally, the Academy of Ancient Music are coming, the first time they've played at St George's, with the African-American countertenor Reginald Mobley, who's going to do a, a really varied programme of George Frederick Handel, Henry Purcell, and also Ignatius Sancho, who was a contemporary of Handel's and Purcell's. He was born a slave and freed and came to this country and was a polymath. He was a writer. He was a um, an advocator for the emancipation of slaves uh, and so very politically active. And he was a composer. So Reginald Mobley is going to sing some of his works alongside a contemporary reimagining by Roderick Williams as well. So that's that's in late May. Really excited about that. I mean, that sounds incredible. In fact, both of you sound like got amazing things going on. I feel like that was a beautiful whistle-stop tour of both of your organisations, how they are knitted into the cultural landscape of Bristol and a lot of exciting things to come. So that leaves me, I think, to invite anybody listening to join us at the symposium next week, 29th of November 2 till 6pm at St George's where you can hear even more from both Samir and Doug who will both be key speakers at the event so thank you very much indeed. That is it for this episode of the Culture Bar podcast we hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to thank Samir and Doug for joining us for this particular podcast and you can visit stgeorgesbristol.co.uk and openupmusic.org for more information.